welcome back to episode eight of Woke Apocalypse. Oh, that sounded lonely. <laughs> anyway, I'm Georgina and I'm Karen. And today we have some special guests from The Signal. Do you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yes. Hi, my name is Paula. I'm a reporter. What's up? I'm Andrew. I'm a reporter and editor. Hi, I'm Nicole. I'm a reporter and editor at The Signal. Awesome. So, um, I hear you guys are here to like share a little bit of what, what's uh, a little bit about what's been going on with us today. So, we just kind of want to hear it from your perspective. And <laughs> so, <laughs> you guys want to start, or I mean, I could go. Yeah. All right. All right, I'll go. Well, um, as many people know, there is a white supremacist presence on our campus, and it's been going on for quite some time now. And now, in the middle of the ASI elections, there's allegations that some one of the candidates is part of this organized white supremacist group. Um, this information was leaked by a blog post. Very mysterious. I tried all day yesterday and today to get in touch with these people. They refuse to respond. They don't have... Their contact info is very vague. Also, the Signal, as the campus news source, has released a series of stories about this. Uh, we did an, an editorial piece just saying, okay, this is why we're not using other people's writing as a source. Mm -hmm. In general, we typically don't use any other writing, whether it's a blog post or... Anything We don't use other people's sources as our own sources. We create our own sources. So there's that, um, just to clear the air on one of the rules of journalism there. And then, not only that, but we got criticized for a lot of the things we did and did not do. So it's been a crazy day. Yeah. Got some crazy phone calls, which was crazy, pretty crazy. Crazy, crazy emails. tweets and crazy <laughs> Instagram DMs and crazy... Everything and anything you can imagine. Can I ask uh, phone calls from students or from anonymous callers? Oh, got it. Got it. Yeah, those are my favorite. Wow. Anonymous, yeah. anonymous callers um, trying to give us tips, but in news you can't write a story or pretty much write anything if it's with an anonymous source, even though that's exactly what this blog post did. Um, when asked uh, who is the caller and could we have a callback number, they uh, declined and said, what, what did they say? See, I asked if they were local. They said no, so they couldn't come in. I said, well, I see you called from an anonymous phone number. Is there a callback number? They said no. I said, is there an email? Can we email you? They're all no. And then that's when I let them know kindly that the signal does not take anonymous tips. Come back when you're ready to come forward. So um, just to clarify a few things, I know people are going to be asking, like, what would you consider a reliable source, something that you guys could pursue and could write about and and have it be, like, more factual? Since you did say this was a blog post, and obviously that's not reliable, so what would you guys consider more reliable stuff? Gosh, um, first person, obviously. Yeah. Um, so the issues with the blog post is this. They're snippets. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that really says, this is from this. Like, if you look at their, and I hate to just put it like this, but if you look at theirs compared to ours, ours is, says, oh, this conversation is from this location. This has happened on this day. Theirs is just like, okay, here's a snippet. Like, it looks like 
cut up pieces of paper. Like, and I yeah. hate to drag them in that way because what they're doing is important, but there's a way to do. I don't want to negate from what they're trying to do if it's Absolutely. in fact true. Because this is information that needs to be told, but there's a way to tell it. And I don't want to be the person to say, oh, you're telling it wrong. But when you impact so many people on something that you can't necessarily prove, that's when you're doing a disservice to the community. Absolutely. That's totally understandable. Yeah. Like I, I get where you guys are coming from. And I mean, I understand your frustrations and I, I feel like it's difficult for, for people to understand that too, since it comes from a place of like hurt too. So I think it's great that you guys are coming on here and sharing something that would be definitely helpful for the future. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And I just feel like it's really unfair too, because you guys, you know, your Definitely job is care. to be a big old source, and you guys are a source, and people are just coming out at you guys and just, like, making these claims. It's like, stop, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of, yeah. it feels like there's a lot of attacks going towards us as the newspaper, yeah. especially by people that we used to promote and, like, help. Yeah. Like, on, like, daily, I would go for the Instagram and odd posts, like, this is what's going on today, uh, this event's happening, and then this event, make sure you go to this event, no matter if they are cool with us or not, like I, I like to promote on-campus events. Yeah. Recently, it's like I don't want to promote anybody because everybody is just not giving us support, really. Like there's a handful of people that give us support, but everyone else is like... And, and they're not, at the very least, showing us decency because... One, it's a slap in the face. We've done a lot for this community, and I don't say that lightly. Like, the amount of work the Signal has done this year alone and in the past years, like, we have Letra. Letra alone, we have just for our Spanish-speaking communities. Like, we do a lot for other people, so when the time came for people to have our backs... It wasn't there. So that was kind of a slap in the face where I'm like, well, no, I don't really want to support your events, you know? Yeah, and yeah. so I feel like the work we do, people take for granted. I've been saying this all year. People don't respect the news anymore because if a lot of these people just took one journalism class, everything we have been saying would just, they'd have an epiphany at that moment because then they'd be like, oh, that's how it works. Yeah. That is the system. That is the rules. There's there's rules we follow. We have books. We have a book this thick. Like, is, what is it? Like, three inches thick <laughs> that we have to follow. Like, there's rules to this. And it seems like anybody who has a laptop is a journalist nowadays. Yeah. And it's, it's just not fair to those of us who go to school for it. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't go to school all these years for just this. Yeah. <laughs> Right, yeah. trolled so hard. It's like I might as well just quit school then, you know, and just write on my own blog. Yeah. If the trolls yeah. have the same or even greater power than actual journalists, then it's like, what's the point of me finishing this degree if I can just get a, a Twitter with 40,000 followers and I make more of an impact than I would after my degree and I have five people reading my stuff? It's, it, it really doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I really appreciate guys, all the work you guys are doing. Like, honestly, that article that you guys put out today, um, what was the name of it? The Addressing Allegations? Yeah, Addressing the Allegations. What is and what is not journalism. Exactly. I found that, I found that article to be really, extremely helpful, and I found, like, it 
because I was just discussing with you all earlier about how 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 I go into spaces like that are supposed to be in a learning environment, but everyone's just attacking each other based off of allegations with zero evidence. And I think I think your article is extremely helpful, and I think everybody should read it. I definitely think yeah. we should post it on our social media so people understand that like just because somebody cried wolf doesn't mean there's an actual wolf, you know. Yes, and I'm I'm actually I've been talking with Christopher. Mm-hmm. I'm actually going to meet with him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And after meeting with him, there will be obviously new developments. Like we're not crying wolf on this. We have been yeah. on this round the clock because it is important. It's we're not posting and reposting and deleting the same blog post over and over. Mm-hmm. We're posting new information. Definitely. Whatever we know, everyone else knows. Now, what's unfair is what we have chosen for a lot of the public to know, like which we shared with you guys, the, the phone calls, the harassment. We, The world doesn't need to know that side of it, but now I'm like, okay, maybe they do because then they'll know where we're coming from in this as well because we've been getting a lot of emails leading up to this, a lot of harassment, a lot of yeah. weird things that have been coming up to where we've felt unsafe, you know? Yeah. And I think a lot of times people don't realize when you're a journalist, you also put yourself in a dangerous situation. Yeah, you're a front line. Yeah, anything could happen to you. So yeah. I was kind of, I felt dismissed when they said, oh, you're putting us in danger by exposing us. And I said, well, you're not helping us target the person, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, you're not revealing your sources. You're not laying it out there because like for me, if I see a racist person on campus, I'm like, that guy over there is racist. Get him out of here. You know, <laughs> that simple, you know, yeah. is, is, is very cut and dry. And I think we don't have to do all these craziness. Like this is what it is. Okay. How do you know this? Prove it. Everyone says they saw him, on this website, no one thought to take a picture of him surfing the web on this site. And I mean, it's just common knowledge at that point. Like if I'm sitting on, like I literally, I'm a nosy person. One time I was in class and this dude planned a whole cruise trip during class. <laughs> Do you know I knew where he was going and how much he paid for it by the end of class? Because I'm nosy. <laughs> it's not in my business, so I wasn't gonna take a picture, but something this big of a deal, I would have been had my phone out snapping pictures. Like, yeah. come on people, why couldn't you do that? So yeah. that's another reason why I it could be false, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I agree. I just feel like the attacks that you guys are receiving is just kind of adding on to the problem instead of um, sort of helping to mellow it out just because you guys have a lot on your plate. Like, there's a lot of news to report, like, white supremacists on a college campus. Like, that's big news, and that's stuff that always has to be covered. And, like, it's, it's easy for things to fall through the cracks when you guys are constantly getting attacked by nonsense, you know? I think I think a lot of people are, are thinking that we're taking a stance on white supremacy. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, they're for white supremacy, or they're not, like, whatever, you know? Um, and I think they need to realize that that's not what journalism is. Journalism is about stating facts, giving the facts, and for them to accuse us of, you know, gaslighting them, <laughs> like, or putting them in danger, like... Like, I'm one of the individuals that has gotten several emails from people I don't know sending me links and PDFs. And it's like, how do you think I feel knowing that my information is public and I'm exposed? I'm, um, 
someone that can like be easily targeted like I think people really need to take a step back and um, check themselves first before they they go on and make these accusations Mm -hmm. check themselves before they wreck themselves (laughs) (laughs) because because as journalists um, one of the things our advisor says is you have to be accessible as a journalist you have to be accessible these people never once made themselves accessible, and that's a problem. You you mm-hmm. have to be accessible as a journalist because that your credibility is on the line. And yeah. so when we say it's not real journalism, we're not saying that to be mean. We're not saying that to be spiteful. We're saying that to be helpful, if, if nothing else. Um, it I guess it came off hurtful, but it was the reality of it because we want to help just as much as they do. If this is true, we want to stop just as much as the next person. Obviously, we don't condone white supremacy. Obviously, like, the signal is super diverse. So why would we say, yeah, white supremacy is okay? Obviously, it's not. <laughs> so we're, what would give people the idea that we support it is beyond me. Well, I mean, like you mentioned, like, people often take the the idea that if you're not with us, you're against us. And and I know from experience that other people acting out of hurt create more hurt. And so, like, I mean, it, I, I really do apologize, like, on behalf of, like, all these communities that are out here attacking you guys for something that's totally out of your control, but you guys are just spreading the word on. But, yeah. yeah. It, thank you guys so much for coming in and, like, sharing your, mm-hmm. your perspective and sharing, your, like, your realities of being journalists on this campus. So. Thank you guys. Thank you for Thank you having guys. us. I really Definitely. appreciate it. Like, I'm glad we got to talk this out. I hope people listen because people suck at reading apparently. <laughs> so maybe listening is better. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see. For sure. And just like know that we like we, we stand with you guys. Yeah. Like, you know, I I know personally because I work here at the station, I'm like, you know, we're neighbors, you know. So and I know how you guys like I know the environment Whatever these people are trying to say of you guys is not true. So we stand with you guys. Yeah, we definitely support you guys. Big old group hug. (laughs) Our door is open to all these people who are saying these things to us. Our door is open. We would love to sit and talk. Yeah, please. And we've asked them on numerous occasions to do so. And that invitation is still open. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you guys so much again. Thank you guys. Okay, so that was our friends from The Signal. Huge thank you to them for yes. stopping by. Thank you. And just giving that insight, like, we, we kind of, we definitely relate to some of the struggles they're, they're going through. And so now we're going to remix it up a little um, and do, like, our normal intros and do our normal check-ins. So. Yes. I'll start off. Um, I think I'm okay. I think I'm, I'm going to get better. You know, honestly, like, today, even the day before, it's been a little odd if that's okay word to use just with everything um going on you know like with the signal which which honestly felt like a hit at my home because they're legit my neat like we're yeah. in the same building so and i know i know like all of not all of them but like you know i know like a majority of them and i know that they don't have any cruel attentions towards anything or anyone you know so to see them get attacked felt like i was getting attacked yeah. so um it today started off a little weird um but now that we have them you know 
on here to give them their, their time to talk. And now that I've had the opportunity to actually express like my thoughts with them and all like, uh, it's getting better. So that's me. Oh, Hey guys. Um, sorry if my voice sounds weird. I had like a cough and it just sounds big. I'm not sick though. So it's cool. Um, today's been very long and it's only like going to be eight o'clock, <laughs> but I've been doing pretty good. Um, as for me, my life's kind of been like a roller coaster ride, but not a regular roller coaster. Like the Whirly Durly from Rick and Morty. If you guys know the show, like, <laughs> dude, that show's great. I'm like, I don't know, just me being dramatic. Like I'm close to death. You know what I mean? <laughs> God, God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> That was super dramatic. <laughs> that was so dramatic. Okay, anyway. But no, like, it's been it's been really complicated. Like, I've, I've been, like, receiving, like, a lot of difficult news to take. And, like, you know, I've been taking it the best that I can. Like, obviously, like, I'm not just going to be dramatic and, like, fall apart every step of the way. And I, have, I got shit to do. But, like, mm. it's been kind of difficult. And, like, I've been running around from, like, the dorms to MSR to Bazzini back to MSR. And, like, dude, all these, like, missions just to try to get, like everything sorted because like I really want to graduate next semester I know. and I'm gonna like do everything I can to make it happen do it queen do I know it. yes <laughs> but if I have to stay until spring I'm just like whatever it is what it is um but yeah that's me I've been you know kicking <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely okay let's get into it oh wait can I say real quick cat <gasps> Cat. Um, so oh, I'm gonna rip it off like a band aid. So, um, Cat is no longer going to be part of Apocalypse the podcast. Um, do I, I don't, I mean, it's just personal, it's like, just reasons, yeah, like, personal reasons. I don't, I, you know, I was like, I don't want to air anything, or you know, um, but just for listeners out there, like from if they hear this episode or future episodes and wondering like, why would a cat? Mm. She's not going to be part of us, but no bad blood between any of us, you know, never, never love her. Yes. Queen forever. We are all on good terms. Um, but yeah. So just a little update on things are going to be changing a bit. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to miss you girl. I know. Bust out crying. Uh, don't get me started. <laughs> no, yeah, we're we're. I mean, I think we're. I really do appreciate the the bonds we built. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you can't just spend hours and hours in a room with the same people, and like, unless you guys, you know, have that good connection. And I think we've been doing really well, and I really do appreciate like the bond we've built, and like with Cat as well. But I mean, life happens, and we totally understand. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I just said, like life hits us sometimes so that's that's the way the cookie crumbles yeah (laughs) sadly but yeah but much love to her and you know anytime she ever wants to come back always welcome with open arms maybe she'll feature for us and be like she's back yeah that'd be awesome (laughs) love you queen so we're gonna transition okay so um getting into it uh we're gonna be talking about the ethnic studies requirement that's on the recommendation list of recommendations posted by the council and we are also going to be talking about uh something a little different it's kind of 
something that we feel is very important and has to do with like Nipsey Hustle and has to do with the burning of Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, however you say it. That, yeah, it's yeah. French. We don't know. French. I was gonna make a joke, but I was like, it's too soon. <laughs> like, <laughs> never mind. Whatever, whatever the French call it, I'm gonna call it Notre Dame. Um, and we're gonna be talking, we're gonna be talking about that. So, um, Okay, so I'm going to be taking these random pauses because I keep saying um a lot and these, the girls know how much it frustrates me when we're editing and I hear myself say um. But anyway, so starting with the ethnic studies requirement. So in my opinion, I mean, obviously this is all opinion based. I, I do believe that the ethnic studies requirement is necessary in the sense that a lot of people don't understand the historical context and the they don't understand the systems of power in place and they don't understand how these systems of power work together to oppress people of color. So people of like um, different sexual orientation, people who are gender nonconforming or just people who are not able-bodied or whatever it may be, you know, people don't understand how these systems of power are put in place to oppress them and how much blood, sweat, and tears have been put in to these like movements mm -hmm. and how and how these movements have affected us today so I think it's in a historical context I think it's really important and I think it's a way for everybody to kind of build connections with each other and kind of better get a better understanding of each other if I said that right mm -hmm. yeah. um yeah, the ethnic studies requirement. I feel like it's something that everybody should have, you know, in the school system. I feel that, you know, other departments may think that they do that job, but it's not it's not the same, you know, like ethnic studies it's it's a whole different ball game, you know, like it's something that, you know, students like us, students of color, like it's something that we need and if we don't have it, it's like you know, it's the same K through 12, you know, Eurocentric, like, things we've always been learning, like, you know, the same repetitive, I guess, yeah, I guess trash, yeah, <laughs> trash you've been learning, you know, like, it's just really what it is, you know, you learn about these other histories, and then when you finally learn about something that, like, actually looks like you, relates to you, you understand it, it makes more sense, you're like, wow, like, how come I didn't know about this before, and then, you know, to have someone say, like, oh, you can't learn that, like, you know, like, it, 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 you're gonna start, I don't know, like a riot or something. And it's just like, what? Like, we need, we need these histories. We need these like lessons about like our, our cultures, our like, our, our everything. You know, it, mm -hmm. it's something that is very important. I remember uh, I was thinking about, like, what it was not having ethnic studies and just like my own like personal education experience. I'm just like, wow, like, if I didn't like stumble upon this awesome education system <laughs> that we have here it was just like oh wow like this is something I'm missing out on um and then but yeah so like ethnic studies in itself is something that you know is is dear to my heart and I feel like that like what <laughs> I feel that um making it a part of the requirement making it like mandatory is something that would be just beneficial in general like I don't see how this could be a negative thing unless mm -hmm. you turn it into a negative thing if that makes sense yeah definitely and actually, before we move on, I kind of want to correct myself. Earlier, I said sexuality, and then I switched to orienta sexual orientation. And um, 
that was intentional. Like I corrected myself and, you know, I had that hiccup, you know, it hurt itself and it's confusion. But like that, I just wanted to clarify that like um, a little, I want to clarify a little learning lesson that I learned a few years ago is that oftentimes referring it, referring to sexual orientation as um, a sexuality, it hints at the fact and not not the fact it hints at the idea that people who are gay, lesbian, bisexual, pansexual, like it hints at the that it could be a choice, and it doesn't. It kind of like almost like belittles like their their sexual orientation, and it kind of makes it seem like oh like you know the, those mm. old ideals that like oh well like it's a phase or like oh you'll get over it this is what you're into right now or like whatever maybe it kind of hints at things like that and it, it has kind of like a very negative and oppressive like history so like I did want to correct myself that it's sexual orientation and not sexuality and like there is a very big difference yeah so jumping back in so sorry <laughs> so jumping back into the ethnic studies requirement like I remember my first interest into ethnic studies without even knowing that it was ethnic studies was I was a part of a social justice club my senior year of high school. That shit was bomb. Like I loved <laughs> that. I loved that club, and like I can't rem- I can't tell you who was in it or who was our advisor. Oh, I can't tell you. Our advisor was this girl that was had graduated like the year that I was a freshman, and now she would like, and then she was like a senior at UC Davis, and she came back on Fridays to to be like the leader of our club and like teach us all this stuff and like that's where I really learned about like about rape cultures and I kind of had like an introduction to like systems of power without really knowing a name for it and stuff like that but it was like an introduction so when I finally got to ethnic like intro to ethnic studies with professor Bagnales like I like completely fell in love I was like this is this is where I'm meant to be you know like all of this knowledge and all of this all of this stuff is going to help me help others and that's always been my goal, you know, like, I, I really do feel like I was put on this earth to help others and like, not to sound all Mother Teresa, because, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't add like religious context because I feel like a lot of religious people use that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I really don't. But, um, but I, I really do feel like I, I, my, the universe put me in places so I could help others. And I really do want that to, I really do feel like that's what I'm meant to do. And that's who I'm meant to be. And so like, Ethnic studies is a great way for that, you know, if you want to be a teacher, if you want to be, even if you want to be a coach, like, it helps you better understand, like, <laughs> like, if we do talk talk about that. We do talk about, like, um, African-American athletes, like, male athletes and, like, the struggles that they face um, with this kind of, like, this standard that, like, oh, you're a black guy, like, you must play basketball. Like, we, we kind of get into, like, stupid stereotypes like that, yeah. and, like, we kind of analyze, like, where they come from and like you you get into stuff that really does matter you know you you like I remember in class the other day not the other day it was the beginning of the semester <laughs> basically the other day <laughs> basically this shit like this shit flies by you know my my ethnic studies professor for my California ethnic experience class she she mentioned that like we we use a lot of things in our everyday life that we don't really know where they come from like everybody always uses the term rule of thumb rule of thumb but it, it's oppressive to women. Really? It's oppressive to women because it used to come back. It, it came from a time where rule of thumb was kind of like, 
what did she say? It was like about how to beat women. Oh. And so oh like the the rule of thumb was something like I think it was like either about measurements or like just, something about pitting women. I'm just thinking of like your fist and like how you would like I don't know. You know what I mean? You tuck in your thumb. And it's, it's you like, a, I, like, I don't know, you know? And so it, it came from that historical context. And it's like, you don't really realize how, like, fucked up of a society we live in because everyone's like, rule of thumb is. And then you don't realize that, like, that caused a lot of pain for a lot of people at one point, you know? And so, know so, yeah. And so I was, like, totally shocked. And you really learn about how much more there is to you Mm -hmm. and even if you don't get the answers of like who exactly it is that you are you know (laughs) that it's out there and you know that you have the option to seek it out and and really figure out like what what it means to be like like jessica or what it means to be carrot or what it means to be georgina you know like it's it's very important because you you learn your truth that's crazy. That's blowing my mind so much, the whole rule of thumb. I mean, I never used it, so, I mean, <laughs> maybe subconsciously I knew. I'm kidding. Um, oh, no. Um, no, that's insane, though. I don't know. Just have you guys ever had those, like, random thoughts? I mean, I'm pretty sure everybody has. Um, like, one that always occurred to me is what what makes you, like, have you ever thought to yourself, like, what makes me a good person? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then you could you could list out all this stuff, but then like, I don't know, cause I I'm so weird. I'm so <laughs> <Arm y'all. laughs> um, like, but I always wonder is like, man, like, what makes this person think that they're good, or what makes this person think that they're not good? Like, you know, I don't mm. know. It's just, it, it's totally side side topic. So sorry. It was just something that you said that I was like, wow. I don't know, like. <laughs> it's just like I, I know my intro to ethnic studies I think I got it before going actually I got my my intro to ethnic studies I got before attending my first ethnic studies class I got it through a friend who you know um, minored in it and would always like say you know certain stuff and I was just like at first I was like you're you're too radical for me. You know what I mean? This is wild. Like, what I is just, this? Yeah, I was just like, mind, but I was like, this is insane. Mm. And then um, once I stepped foot on, you know, this campus and on, I took um, Chicano Images in Film with mm. Dr. Bayonles. And ever since then, I was like hooked. And I was like, oh my goodness, like my friend was not crazy at all. Like, <laughs> this is like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it was so mind blowing. And so, I don't know, just kind of going with what Georgia was saying, it's just crazy how there's certain stuff that, either we partake in or that we say or you know that we never thought of Mm. we never thought twice of and now that we've been given really cool opportunities to take certain classes where we can learn you know the history on certain stuff that makes our everyday life it's it's Mm mind-blowing i think to go off of that too um you know you take these classes and like you learn certain like histories and stuff and um you're again the whole like what what Kenan was saying so you do partake in things that you didn't even think like were offensive or had like ne- uh, offensive like connotation I guess like negative connotations and so when you're finally I guess literally like when you open your eyes to it and you actually see it in front of you you're like holy shit like that was super fucked up like let me not say that mm-hmm. or do that or like whatever action or like word it is you know it's it's something that's very um 
I guess unique in a way. That's why I think it's a different kind of discipline. Like the discipline itself is, you know, very intersectional and, you know, it covers not just like one thing, but like a one thing. <laughs> um, yeah, it doesn't cover just one thing. It covers a variety of things. It's not just, you know, just class or not just gender. It's like, you know, race, gender, sexuality, sexual orientation, like all, everything. Like it's something that I've never have experienced in my life before coming here, before like taking these classes. Cause it was just, it was never there. It wasn't a norm. It wasn't something that was offered to, offered to, I wasn't offered to take, you know, it wasn't something that I had experienced in high school or middle school or any like education system like prior. So I feel like if I had been exposed to that, it would have been, I mean, it, I guess not that it would have made me a better person, but it would have made me a person who has better awareness. You know, I'd be more aware to like the, the oppressiveness. I would have been more aware to like certain things that, you know, like, certain words or certain phrases that you say, and it's just like, oh, like, don't do those things. Why? Because it's really bad, <laughs> you know, essentially, mm-hmm. if you get to the bottom of it, like, just learning these things has been has been really great, you know, being able to, like, spot out the differences between something that is completely offensive to something that's not, you know, like, it's, you know what to say, you're more aware of, like, what you're, I guess, how you're, like, talking and, like, in the ways of the world <laughs> yeah you know like if that makes sense but yeah you kind of find you kind of find the proper way to carry yourself yeah there you go and a lot of people don't understand that a lot of a lot of the shit that they say and do it's 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 ridiculous like mm. it's not not ridiculous like you're dumb but like ridiculous as in like that was a really ignorant statement or like mm-hmm. that was really yeah. offensive and like you know, they always make those jokes. They're like, oh, you're triggered or whatever. I'm like, okay, call it what you like, you know, but at least I'm not like a dipshit, you know, like, I, <laughs> yeah. like, I, like I, I, I care about other people and I care about who they are as people and I care about the backgrounds that they come from. So like, yeah, I'm obviously not going to make some like stupid comment about somebody's gender. I'm not going to, I'm not going to mm-hmm. laugh at the joke you make about somebody's race or like those little hints or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, you know, like, cause it's not funny. Like a lot of the, the jokes that you make have have a violent history and you Mm -hmm. don't you don't take the time to understand it Mm. a lot of people talk about like when trump and i wish we could censor that word when (laughs) trump made that tweet towards oh gosh what's her name oh geez i forgot her name that that other politician about how like i'll see you on the trail of tears because she said that she was gonna no she he said i'll see you on the campaign trail hinting at the trail of tears and because she was native like she was like partially native american or something like that so it was like hinting at the like the trail of tears i was like bro like do you even know your history like that shit was devastating like Mm -hmm. you really like you really just are like it's like it's like that one cheek on a batman song the taker story like all you do is take (laughs) and take and take and you don't stop and then you ruin everything and then you have nothing left you know and so Mm -hmm. it it just kind of makes you aware of that kind of stuff and so I mean, that's just my two cents on the ethnic studies requirement. I know other majors sit, sit, other majors talk about how, like, well, ours is equally important. Like, yeah, yours is really important, too. But, like, ethnic studies is interdisciplinary. You know, like, it, it, it covers so many things, and it prepares you for for the real world in new ways that, like, a business class can't Mm -hmm. that my sociology classes haven't been able to do so like it it's really it's really unique in the sense that you're never gonna get that experience from any other subject like I hands down anthropology history sociology 
math, English, like whatever, like you're not going to get it from there. Yeah. And so I really do think the ethnic studies requirement is, is really important. And it's like, yeah, like I'm an ethnic studies major, but I came from psychology. Like mm -hmm. I started as a psychology major and like I felt like I stuck, I stood out like a sore thumb, you know, like I didn't, I didn't find my place and I found my place when I got to ethnic studies because I'm like, wow, like I, I can relate to, to these people and like, if there's anything that I need to heal, I can heal with them because they're going on the same path, you know, and it's like, you want, it's always good to find people you can relate to. I mean, look at us, you know what I mean? Like we, yeah. we built this bond through, through something that we're passionate about and we built this bond because of things that we want to advocate for. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, that, those are my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> They're very important two cents. Yeah. I mean, like what you said, honestly, you really can't get a learning experience like this anywhere else you know like it's it's crazy like kind of trailing back to what jessica was saying like high in high school like i honestly i don't think i learned what blackface was until after high school because i i didn't know i mean we weren't we didn't have classes like that like mm -hmm. stuff at my school nothing was like there was nothing so um uh, what's the i guess like scan not scandalous but it sounds but you know like nothing major happened you know at least to my knowledge i mean i don't know everybody's high school experience is different from one another you know so who knows but like at least for me like i i don't remember like anything going down you know that had to do with race or anything um um so all i knew was you can't say the n-word like that's all i knew i mean n not that i wanted to like you know I understand, like, it wasn't right to say it, you know. Um, but, like, I never knew, like, you know, black face, red face, like, all this yellow face. Like, I was, like, until I, you know, I started getting more into ethnic studies. Like, oh, that's that's a thing. Like, holy cow. And and it's funny because actually a couple of days ago, actually over the weekend, last weekend. Actually. <laughs> Not a couple of days ago. I feel like a couple of days ago is, like, Monday. It's like, no, no, no. Um, over the weekend, um a friend my friend who the one who actually got me into ethnic studies like we were talking and i was telling i was going through like my facebook page just randomly and i found these pictures that i took when i was in high school and <laughs> i saw them and i was like oh my it was so i shared before i was a theater kid um you know in high school and i remember one of the assignments we did was like makeup we had to do a lot of makeup we had to like you know do different makeup designs this and that and i okay i regret going looking back on it, i regret like partaking in this but um my friend turned me into snooki from jersey shore mm. and that required to put to make me tan so she put a lot of like brown makeup on me so i basically partook in like a brown face thing without knowing what it was mm. um in in these pictures like i legit like we we did the poof we did you know anything that was snooki jersey shore is huge at the time when i was in high school so um so i was looking at those and i was like oh my, like i looked at them i was like oh my god what was i thinking like this is okay. <laughs> this is not okay like oh my goodness like this is so this is so wrong and um so i i, I deleted them and all but i was just like thinking I was like damn like i feel like eventually it's gonna bite me in the butt so i i think that's why i'm comfortable talking about it now because i'd rather just admit to it like yeah yeah, yeah. i fucked up like sorry mm -hmm. um 
And so I was t- telling my friend that. And then he legit was like, oh, my gosh, me too. Like, I have pictures that I'm not proud of. I had to take down because now that I know what I know, it's it makes it's me just okay. dis- it's not OK. Exactly. It, it's so like it's just you you look at it, you're like, that was me from like I was a teen. Like, you know, I was a kid. I didn't know better. Now I know better. Now I'm just like, OK, like, let me take them off. Like, you know, and if it gets brought up, I'm going to apologize, you know, Um and I think, and then that friend that did the makeup on me, it was for her homework. So I was like, I was just the test on me, whatever. Mm. She actually, she also partook in it on herself. And I think about it, I was like, oh my God, my professor was okay with us doing this. Like, it's... Because people lack the knowledge. Exactly. And my prof- my professor, my teacher, <laughs> sorry, my teacher, Um, she she's not a... Like, she was so sweet. Like, she didn't have a bad bone in her body. Like, you know what I mean? So I was like, I don't think she allowed it to be cruel. I think she just didn't think twice. Mm-hmm. Um, that when she gave us assignments and gave us this freedom, she didn't think twice about what would the outcome be. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not trying to bash her and be like, oh, my God, because of her, I did a brown face. You know, like, no. Um, I honestly just, like what Georgie said, the lack of knowledge. And now that we have we have access to this knowledge, like more power to us, you know, like yeah. mm-hmm. that's why ethnic studies is important. Like you just learn, you learn different histories, or you learn different sides of the story of one story that you've been told repeatedly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you've been told this of the the U.S. Like America, this America, but then when you look, yeah, but then with ethnic ethnic studies, you add that in the mix, and you learn different sides of the story and then you look at it and you're just like maybe this is like everything that you i'm not saying everything that told is a lie but like everything's been altered you're learning the truth mm. you know and i rather know the truth than than live an altered life i don't know if yeah. that makes sense but you know what i mean yeah i think also how you're saying um that you know like this knowledge we have this knowledge like about these histories and stuff and that's another thing too. I feel like because we know this, we should be that teacher. We should be educators. We should be like, I'm not saying you have to like go out and get like your credentials. I'm saying like everyday life. Like if you know your friends saying like something that, you know, is very ignorant, like it's not okay. Be like, Hey, like, you know, like check yourself. Like that's not cool. And then because we know this, like it is a privilege to know like the, the things we've learned. Um, it is a privilege to like find out and realize that like, hey, like we've actually been like a pre- an, an oppressed society for so long, and that if someone asks you like, hey, like what does this mean or what does that mean, like don't don't like turn your back on them and be like, well, you know, like I'm not a, like I'm not your teacher, like I'm not your mom, like whatever, mm-hmm. like no, nah, like if you have that experience, if you have that knowledge, if you have that like power to be like, hey, like actually like I know this, or if I I you know explain it to like the best of your ability. I've said this before, like if you can just do even like a little bit. Um, it goes like, you know, it, what, what's the word, the phrase, a little goes a long way or something like that. Yeah. yeah you know, little goes a long way, literally. <laughs> um, and you know, because if you snap at someone for like saying like, well, like I'm not, like, I'm not going to teach you or whatever, like then that's how you get more and more ignorant people. Like, that's how you get people who keep, who continue the cycle of, you know, who continue like the stigma, like stereotypes and like negative energy. And it's just, you know, so if someone asks you like, Hey, like, well, what does this mean? Or like, what is ethnic studies? Like, don't, don't push them away. Just, you yeah. know extend your hand <laughs> exactly yeah, i mean yeah. just because you're woke doesn't give you an excuse to be an ass to everybody like oh, yeah, don't definitely. be don't be those snobs you know like if people get if i get really annoyed um i have a relative who's a music snob like 
<laughs> um, you know, and so like if you if you don't if you're somebody who's woke um, and you get annoyed with people like let's say you know mu- music snob or film snob or book snob and like oh like those people that are like oh um, I only buy records you know or I only listen to this type of music this new stuff you know what I mean those people yeah I know all too well yeah, yeah. We um, <laughs> so because I I know people um, who, who you know who are either very in depth with ethnic studies which is not bad you know it's not a bad thing but like instead of being more open and more inclusive, they're more like they come, they rub off the wrong way and they, they come off mm-hmm. as very like ignorant, you know, um, really just, it's rude. Mm-hmm. It's very rude. And then like, and then they, very elitist. Yes. Boom. And then they wonder why nobody wants to join ethnic yeah. studies it's because you're, you're deciding to be the front face of this department, but then you, you're just not being welcoming either. Like, you know, you're not practicing what you're preaching. Exactly. You want, you want inclusivity, but you're being exclusive. Yes. You can't pick and choose who you want to be in like, you know, this profession or like whatever you want to call it. Like you can't do that because then you're just becoming what you, you're just saying like all these other people are, they're being oppressive. You're being like, you're being a hypocrite. Yeah. You're being a a fucking hypocrite. Like that's not okay for you to practice saying like, Oh, well these are the bad guys, but we're the good guys. And then yet you're still, doing that like you're still picking yeah. on people saying like well da 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 or whatever you know like that's like what, what the fuck is this all this like what's the point then what's the point of like fighting for something that we need and yet you're gonna go back around and like do the same to other people you know like mm-hmm. yeah i, I kind of like going back to what we've mentioned i mean we know we've talked about this time and time again because but it's so important you know like some it's you know it's that saying that we we learn something new every day but sometimes it's our turn to teach like mm. People get mad because they don't have they don't have like the same like level of like education as you in this in this discipline, but at the same time you came in like a spring chicken. You know what I mean? Like you didn't know shit when you got here, and you're yeah. getting mad at people for not knowing either. But like it, it it takes a lot of time. And like going back to what you said too, like like I find it really embarrassing. But when I was like in early high school, like I used to say the n word all the time because like I didn't I didn't know like I didn't know the historical context like. We didn't really have, like, a lot of black people at my school. And, like, the people we did didn't say anything. And, like, nobody ever said anything. And, like, mm-hmm. nobody ever mentioned anything about yeah. anything. And, like, I didn't understand it. Like, when we even talked about history, like, I don't Like, the last time I learned about, like, slavery and stuff like that was when I was, like, in seventh or sixth, sixth or seventh grade. And so, like, you know, I, I we used to, like, my, my school was, like, primarily Mexican kids. And everybody would say it and it wasn't until like I got I was like 16 or 17 that I was like oh you know what like that's just not okay like I like the the more I learned outside of school like the more I'm like okay yeah like there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing like it's not okay like I really shouldn't be talking like this because I'm ignoring I'm ignoring the history where it comes tied to exactly I'm I'm ignoring the history tied to it and then other people was like, well, black people say it. And I was like, well, you know, that's that's their word. Like the same way that like Hispanic and like Latino people took back the word Chicano. Like it used to have a derogatory term, like a connotation to it, but they took it back and they empowered it. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, they can say that word because it's their word to take and empower. We like the the LGBT community, like they've taken queer and they've empowered it. You know, it's 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 not our place. Yeah. 
to make those calls, you know? And so like, and so like, I also like with that point, like I also want to mention that it's like, it's okay to make mistakes. Like it's, it's, you learn from them and you grow. And like, if somebody wants to come down, like come for me, like five years from now, be like, you said the N word on this day in 2011. I'm like, okay, yeah, I did. Like I was a dumb kid and I learned from it and I learned from my mistakes and I, and I advocate for people who, and like today, like I advocate for others. So others don't have to go through the same oppressive behavior. So others don't have to deal with, so the history doesn't have to repeat yourself, but you're going to shit on me for something that I did when I was like, 14 like go go ahead you know go off says you know like, <laughs> like i was a child like I yeah know. like people people are really unforgiving about um about people's past but like oh, people grow people make mistakes and people learn and said so, like we really have to take into consideration that like when we when we do all this stuff and like what better way to learn and grow and forgive than by taking an ethnic studies course and actually know what you're learning growing forgiving teaching every all of that stuff you know and yeah, I kind of want to know if it's okay with you guys to transition over to our other topic. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's fine. Got a lot to say. You know me. I always, <laughs> I always have a lot to say. Hey, so like, what, 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 what we mentioned earlier is that we wanted to talk about what's going on with uh, Notre Dame and the death of Nipsey Hussle. So, I hope he still listens to our podcast. I follow this guy. <laughs> <laughs> His name is. Um, his name is Manny. Shout well, out. Manuel. <laughs> Shout out, Manuel. Yo. He was really helpful um, to us, like, a while back, and we really did appreciate him. And he posted something that that really stuck out to me, and I, I, I want to read it to you guys. He's like, I will never understand the need for whataboutism when it comes to tragedy. We can acknowledge a loss of life, art, history, or potential without finding a reason to guilt those grieving. Whether it's those that are dismissive of the loss of history at Notre Dame because of the French government, those that downplay Nipsey because of his gang ties, or those that ignore the struggle of immigrants because what about us? I I just wish it wasn't a go-to line of thinking. And so I I was getting really frustrated reading all these things about Notre Dame. And I was like, wow, people really suck. Like, people are really, like self-centered and really like self-interested and like when I read that I was like he embodied everything I was thinking you know like he really hit that like nail on the head and I just really want to like emphasize that like people are really disrespectful like I I totally understand the impressive oppressive nature of like all of of like the French government and like you know Europeans in general and like the Catholic Church is specifically but like you you don't take away from the tragedy that happened to this historical landmark mm-hmm. like a lot of people um were kind of like dismissing Nipsey Hussle's death and the tragic loss that it was to like so to like the LA community because of his gang ties but it's like a lot of people have gang ties, but it doesn't mean they're not doing great things for the community. You know, yeah. what is it? The Hells Angels that, that do a lot of like community service work yeah. and like all this kind of stuff, you know, like nobody's perfect, you know, nobody's going to like, like, you know, it's not like you can't be a good person because you ran that red light that one time, Susan, you know what I mean? Like, Susan. like you can't, oh, Susan. Like, <laughs> like you can't just shit on people for the decisions that they made in their life, you know, mm-hmm. because, like people were doing good. Nipsey Hussle was doing so much for his community. He was doing so much to, to, to build the community that, he, that gave him everything, you know, he was giving back to them. And it's a tragedy that he was like stricken down. And it was even more disgusting that like Lauren London was like trying to grieve her loss of like, 
you know, the love of her life, you know, like, it's horrible. And then you see, like, dickheads like Kodak Black and, like, all these other people, like, running, like, coming up and saying, like, oh, I'm going to give her time before, like, you know, I get at her, like, oh whatever. Oh, my gosh. It's disgusting. I will, I will have it be shown on the record that Kodak Black is garbage, and if you support him, I think you're garbage too. That's that. On I don't that. even know who that is. <laughs> That's the real he's team. some garbage as rapper. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, and um, and a lot of rappers were coming out to like defend Lauren London. Well, not defend Lauren London. They were they came out to defend Nipsey Hussle. They, they came out to defend him, and they were talking shit about Kodak, and they, like, were, like, you know, like, saying, like, don't come over here, because, like, whatever, you know? And I think it was The Game and T.I. And T.I. even removed him from this one project. I don't know. Oh, shit. Because, <laughs> like, they were really offended, but at yeah. the same time, it's like, you weren't doing it to def- defend the honor of Lauren London. You were doing it to defend the honor of Nipsey Hussle. But it's like a lot of people don't give women the same respect that they deserve. You know, mm-hmm. this is this woman is grieving, you know, the, the loss of like a life that was really important to her. And nobody's giving nobody's giving her the proper room to grieve mm-hmm. because everyone's always like Nipsey Hussle this Nipsey Hussle that he was a crip and he didn't deserve this because he was the bad gang member. Like all this shit, you know, and it's it's like. A life was lost. Like, like at the end of the day, like you know, somebody died. Exactly, and it's like it, it's it, you put if you put it into perspective, like when people talk about like oh like, like you go to to a funeral of like a um, like a veteran. You know, everybody's like they, they fought for this country and they died for this country and all this other stuff. <laughs> you know, like Nipsey Hussle died for his community. Mm. He died doing something that was going to benefit people. And, you know, like, you may hate me for comparing Nipsey Hussle to, like, veterans or whatever, but, like, you're not giving this person the respect that they deserve for all the work that they were doing. Mm -hmm. Like, this man was doing, working on the documentary for Dr. Dr. Sebi? Is that how you say that? Something like that. And then, you know, he was actively working on that, and he was actively working on, again, improving the L.A. community that raised him, that made him who he was. And... And people are just judging and they're tearing it down and it's it's a dishonor, you know. It's mm-hmm. disgusting to see how how ugly people really are, you know. Like how ugly is your heart to be attacking somebody when when they 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 died in a tragedy, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they like that's crazy because like some of that kind of reminds me of Robin Williams passed away. How they attacked his daughter. Did they? Uh, yeah, they did. They would somebody sent a picture. It was a fake picture of his face, like all like supposedly how he looked when when he passed away, and like they they, they were harassing her. They were harassing her no, online. People are disgusting. Oh, I know. People were so disgusting, and like it it was just heartbreaking because it's like this is a this is somebody you know that that was going through stuff. You know, like this. I think this is why mental health became more of a big thing because it was like damn like if it could affect this dude who's like known to make people happy then it could affect anybody you know like yeah like mental health has no discrimination or anything you know like it's not biased in anything in any way um but yeah like i remember hearing reports that his daughter i don't know i think like his sons too or wife i think other people but i remember primarily her like she would post i think she posts like a picture or something memory and then people would like would like attack you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, oh, my goodness. Like what George is saying is like she doesn't get a chance to grieve. Like it's not fair, you mm-hmm. know, and um, 
Especially, like, I, I can't imagine, like, holy cow, if I was in her shoes and I lost my dad, you know, and I wanted to, like, properly, like, honor him in a post or something and then have somebody, like, attack me be like, I don't know, say something messed up. But, you know, like, mm. that's, that's what I was like, damn. I don't know, pe- trolls suck. <laughs> yeah. I say that. People are garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's the thing, too. Like, when you take away the importance of, like, a death or, like, a major, like, tragedy that something happened, like, how does that make you look? You know, like, you're going out of your way to pick apart, you know? You're trying to find, like, the nitty-gritty of, like, all the negative stuff of, like, you know, like, the background or the history, whoever it was or whatever it was, you know? Like, that doesn't, like, at the end of the day, like, that that like artifact was lost that person was lost like that whole like that you know good and bad history like was lost you know you can't you can't talk shit on something that yeah there's you know like bad things like yeah nipsey helps nipsey hustle is that am i correct did i say that right okay um you know, like, was, was in, like, his, his past, like, you know, gang life or, or whatever it was, you know, it's not, you know, it doesn't, it's just a part of him, it's a part, or, like, you know, what happened with, like, no, no, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, Notre Dame, that, you know, thing, <laughs> um, you can't, you can't just tear it apart, you know, like, even though, again, like, even though there's bad, there's still good, you know, there's just, I don't know, people who do that, like, you're just, that's trash, like, you're trash, like, it's yeah. not okay, you know. And I think it's funny because, like, people who who are probably like bash talking Nipsey Hussle like he if you look at Tupac or Biggie like you know they were was a Biggie part of a gang right mm-hmm. I, I, I know Tupac were, I think oh, they both yeah they yeah. were both affiliated obviously like they both were but like their music like spread like truth you oh, know definitely. like obviously we always talk about the hate you give that's from a Tupac mm-hmm. song you know and so I'm pretty sure the people who've been like bashing Nipsey Hussle are probably like the ones who are, you know, like wearing Tupac shirts. I don't know, you know, yeah. like if you ask them like, who's your favorite rapper, they're probably like, oh, it's Tupac. And it's like, no, like, yeah, Tupac was part of a gang, you know, but like he just spoke a truth that I, I guess at that time maybe society wasn't ready to hear, but now it is now, you know, because mm-hmm. like he's so relevant now, like yeah. you know, so I don't know. Um, just like the, the, the Notre Dame, like, tragedy, like, you don't have to like anybody, you don't have to be associated with anybody to, to feel that loss, because it's a historical artifact, like, centuries old, right? Like, like, I mean, take it from me, like, somebody who, like, is actively against the Catholic Church, like, I still felt that loss, you know, like, it was, it was really tragic, because such a beautiful such a beautiful landmark and and it just to have it burned down like that's yeah th- that's that's a loss you you can't really repair you know that's something you can't like you can't really like just cope with sometimes and like like here, here's the thing like people are, are are talking about the 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 donations that are being made to Notre Dame and how like discussing about how like Flint still doesn't have water mm-hmm. Puerto Rico still like in distress and how like there's millions of like um homeless youth that need the help yeah. and the money like i 100 percent agree i 100 percent agree i 100 percent agree that they should not be raising money for a catholic church when the catholic church is one of the richest institutions on this planet i was doing some research on it and the closest numbers i got was that they're worth 10 to 15 billion dollars and yeah. it's like i don't even know if that number is accurate you know but it's like 
That's crazy. <laughs> bro, well, the, the richest institution on this planet doesn't need your money, bro. Like, like one, you're living check to check and you're giving it to, to like a multi-billion dollar business because that's what it is. It's a business. Like, sorry to, sorry to rip off the Band-Aid, but the, <laughs> it's a fucking business. And like you, you – you they don't need it and like i remember reading this article about how like three they were trying to raise like a billion dollars or some shit like that and like that billion dollars could be collected by the pending donations of three of the richest families in france it's like people have money flying out of their ass and you're still giving them yours and i was getting really upset it's like like again like i don't want to take away from the tragedy that is that happened in notre dame like it should be it should be separate from that you know like Mm -hmm. like I, I find it important to rebuild it, but they have the funds for it. Yeah. They totally have the funds for it. And, like, mm-hmm. like going back, like, we shouldn't throw it in their face that other tragedies are happening because it's taking away from their loss. But at the same time, they got it, bro. Like, they don't need our help. Like, mm-hmm. it was... They'll be okay. They'll, be, they'll <laughs> yeah. totally be okay. Like, clearly, like, no, they're, they're funding for it. Like, yeah. Obviously. I was doing... Uh, sorry. I was doing some some reading up on it and i was reading again that the catholic churches were somewhere about 10 to 15 billion and that um billionaires are donating money to restore notre dame so and somebody tweeted like billionaires are donating nearly a billion dollars to restore notre dame it really puts into view how easily the rich could solve the world's problems if they gave a shit and so um also (laughs) the fucking so annoying Roger, I don't know how to say his last Robert Iger, he's the chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company. He tweeted, Notre Dame is a beacon of faith, hope, and beauty, inspiring awe and reverence. The Walt Disney Company stands with our friends and neighbors in Paris with heartfelt support and a $5 million donation for the restoration of this masterpiece. Wow. So it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like, Fuck. it's like homegrown businesses, homegrown um, institutions are donating money across the seas when they can't even take care of their own people. So it's like, right. that, that's kind of shit, the shit that bothers me. And like, again, I feel like I sound like a hypocrite, but it's like, my point is that we shouldn't be assisting where they don't need assistance, but I, I think we should be validating their loss. Yeah. Is that, what I'm that saying. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, like I, don't, I don't mean to contradict myself, but it kind of sounds like I am. You gotta support yourself, you know, like, you wanna make sure they're validated, but you also wanna make sure that you can't, um, or what was it? Yeah, like don't throw it in your like don't you can't be throwing in their face that all right. There's these tragedies happening when they just, just they went through a, a severe tragedy, but at the same time, you know, like it's not saying that it doesn't matter. You exactly. Know? Like like it it's totally valid and it's just I don't know like I, it really it's something that really bothers me and breaks my heart because it's like people are dying. <laughs> like, yeah. People are dying because they're not getting the things that they need. People are are, are suffering <laughs> and it's it, it could be easily solved by institutions like this. Like people know people know how we feel about religion. It's because of shit like this. It's like you claim to be about being a good person, about being about God and Christ and all these other like I don't know, all that other shit. But like you don't help people. People like we had this discussion on religion in my class last night and everybody was like bashing on non-religious people because non-religious people don't don't want to learn they don't want to learn about their truth and i'm like well look at it the other way like 
can, like coming from my own personal experience, like there's never been a situation where I speak to a religious person and they validate my feelings. Mm. They, there, there's never been a time where I, I have a conversation about this with a religious person without them trying to convert me. Yeah. It's like you're not respecting those boundaries, and, and that's that's my biggest problem. With, yeah. This turned into religion real quick. <laughs> <laughs> it's really it's like like it, 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 it's one of my biggest problems with religious institutions and so-called religious people is that it's all hypocrisy. Like you. You, you you claim to be a good person you claim to be about the the teachings of the church but you you you're ignoring this loss of life in Puerto Rico in Flint Michigan you're you're ignoring the homeless crisis that we're facing like yeah. even like if you even like look at it in a more micro sense like look at the amount of food insecure and housing insecure students we have here at San Salas. Like, we have people, we have churches all around here. This is a very fucking religious, like, area we live in, you mm -hmm. know? This is, like, Catholics, because there's a huge Catholic population because of the, um, because of the demographics we have around us. There's a bunch of Christian, Christian institutions, but nobody's taking care of our students, you know? Mm -hmm. we, have, we used to have, I think they still do, they, there's, like, people have mass here on Wednesdays, but where are you taking, like, how are you taking care of the people inside? You just go to mass, forgive, ask for forgiveness for your sins, and then go on about do the same shit you did earlier. You like, yeah. like, it makes no sense to me. It's like, it, it really. Sorry, it kind of it really bothered me. Like, reading about all this, like I, I spent a lot of time reading about it, and like I didn't come up with like as much as I wanted because it it was, I wasn't getting valid resources. Yeah, and it's just something that like. That it's been irking me for a few days now. It's like, yeah, like I, I understand the, the significance of Notre Dame. I understand how. I understand how much history there is, but I also I also think we need we need to. We need to take a step back, let them rebuild. And let us take care of our people, like, mm. <laughs> like exactly. Like, I remember seeing um, posts everywhere about, like, don't tell me God isn't real because the gold cross was, like, still standing. But it's, like, gold melts? Let me tell you. <laughs> I looked this up, too. I, I, yes, I've yes, seen this. yes. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did the research for that, too. Let me pull it up. Okay, so burning point of wood. So here we go. So the minimum temperature needed to ignite wood is 180 degrees Celsius. So or 356 degrees Fahrenheit. And so um, so that's to get it ignited. And so to get, um, so with the gas, so like when things start burning and like the hottest temperature that wood burning can get is 1,112 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's like, that's like the max increase, right? And so the melting point of gold is 1,948 degrees Fahrenheit. So like, and if you look at the images, here's another thing. If you look at the image, images, things were falling down from the top. So they were falling straight down from, um, from you know, the damages that was being done by, by the burning. But like the cross was still kind of in the same room, but it was like really pushed back and it was kind of like protected. So like, obviously it's still gonna be fucking standing, bro. Like might as well put in a bulletproof case <laughs> like like, <laughs> like that's what's frustrating like don't tell me god isn't real it's like you guys are really dumb as shit like <laughs> you, guys are just, you guys are really just reaching at this point it's just sorry they like really it trying just, it. they really tried me like everybody's tried me this past week and it's it's been hard like like i, I do care that that notre dame burned down like i saw the videos of 
of people singing Ave Maria like outside of outside of the church and it was very moving you know like it, it broke my heart because you know it, it's it's a it's a symbol for a lot of people and it, it holds a lot of like like emotional weight I guess <laughs> but you have to draw the line somewhere mm. and I mean that's just my two cents and you really do have to draw the line somewhere in it and donating your hard-earned money to again the richest institution on this fucking planet is just it's just idiotic yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's the only way i can put it okay that was me going off i'm sorry no you're good much needed much needed yeah thanks man all right i think um i think we can end it there so we'll do closing thoughts now mm-hmm. um so do you should i go first yeah okay so um my closing thoughts like this episode it's it's weird (laughs) not in a bad way but i think like the mood i feel like because like so much has been going on Mm -hmm. up to this day like it that whole mood has just followed at least me personally has kind of followed me into here um but i just want to say that i love (laughs) y'all spread the love Uh, yes spread the love because there's just a lot there's a lot going on um and all we need right now is just love and and kindness um cat if you're listening you were missed I, I'm, I'm so definitely like gonna miss you cat especially the snacks you bring <laughs> and then <Definitely>. also big <laughs> old <laughs> big old shout out to the signal again um much love to them for you know being being in the fr- you know the front the front oh, line the front line always ready to have a story whether it whether we agree with it or not at least they're willing to tell the truth mm-hmm. as it is mm-hmm. and so um thank you to the signal for being on here and allowing us to give to let you speak and just for being so great um you know i i'm i know i've said it earlier but like seeing how they've they've been what they've been going through honestly felt like home like was being threatened um because they're a huge neighbor here for us at the station so mm-hmm. uh, i'm gonna end it with a quote i'm gonna copy you georgie a bit but this quote swear my- up bro <laughs> no, I'm just i just kidding. said that we had to have love i'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. you know i love you with my whole heart um, <laughs> so uh, my closing thoughts gonna be this quote my cousin found in a restaurant in a restroom. In a restroom. Yeah, <laughs> Where um yes. I think it's on this campus. I think it's on this campus the too. The holiest of places. <laughs> right? Oh my God. Um, a restroom where it said life life. Life. <laughs> Love thy neighbor, share thy toilet paper. So uh, I'm gonna leave it on that. Beautifully said. <laughs> that was top Thank you. <laughs> I tried. Um I think for my closing thoughts. Uh just sum it up real quick, you know validation is key like don't take away from tragedy oh my god that rhymes look yes. at you uh, not intentional but <laughs> rap career <laughs> on the come up ooh 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 just kidding no. um, yeah. in all seriousness in all seriousness um, ethnic studies needs to be a requirement much needed you know it opens up the eyes of, mm-hmm. of everything like the world shit like that sounds deep but like it is it is that deep like it really be like that it really do be like that <laughs> and you know I think with all that's been happening, like, you know, we could end up saying, like, the mood is, you know, very, I guess it is weird, like, that's the only way to say it, like, this whole, like, all the things that have been happening, you know, it's just it's taking a toll on a lot of people, us, everybody, like, definitely, very, very draining, but, you know, we 
we have our standpoints. We know where we stand. We know where we lie. And it's just, yeah, you know, I feel like, you know, what's happening with Notre Dame is terrible. But at the same time, like, they can take care of themselves, you know, yeah. again. How, how rich is it, Georgie? Let us know. <laughs> I've read numbers anywhere from ten to fifteen billion, also to thirty billion. Like that's my heart insane. is kind of is kind of leaning towards a thirty billion, but the most, the most that I found was for ten to fifteen billion that that I felt were more reliable sources. Mm-hmm. But again, like it's just they're fine, guys. Like it's, it's they're big chilling. They're big chilling. Like <laughs> again, yeah. I'm again. It's validated. I understand the tragedy, but. Keep your money where it's at. Send it mm-hmm. to the people back home. Send it to the people that we need it for. Like that. And that's that's that on that. That's that on that. Um. Oh. No. Well, there it goes. Anyway. Um, <laughs> there it is. Uh, I was kind of. I was gonna say something super depressing. Well, I was gonna tell. I'll tell you. I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna tell. You, no, I'm gonna tell you. No, I'm gonna tell you. I was gonna say something super rude, like religion is the opiate of the masses but then like karen started talking about like the love shit and then she's like <laughs> literally like, yeah. no 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 i'm kidding no I, it's not shit like I, I really do appreciate like the positive energy that karen radiates because i feel like sometimes she's the only thing that gets me through the day it's kind of like uh i kind of want to end with like a different quote i kind of just want to look, like it kind of lets you know like where, where i'm coming from a place mm. a, like my my experience of religion is is very complex like I, i've experienced a lot of religions in my lifetime I, 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 I do my own research, you know, like people, maybe not so much now because like I'm out of practice, but like people would always come for me for my beliefs. And then they like in the Bible, it says, and like, what part, let me tell you. Cause I used to read the, like, I read the Bible before, like, like I'm a smart child. I read, I know. I've read the entire Bible before. And I used to, I used to be able to spit verses at you. Like Ooh. any, anything you would try to come <laughs> at me with. Verses. I'm like, like not rap verses, but, <laughs> but like Bible verses, bro. <laughs> And like I used to the be able to like the holiest of verses, the holiest I super just spit those verses out like to people that would come for me for my religion. I'm like, this is why you're a hypocrite. This is what. But yeah, like I, I used to be able to like tell talk to people in verses about like why why a lot Ooh, of the shit poetry. they were telling me was hypocrisy. And like, I I've had a, I've had a fight for my beliefs a lot, and it's been very exhausting. Mm. And I'm only 21. I'm very tired, you know. <laughs> but I'm gonna leave you guys so off with a quote. <laughs> exactly. A, a quote from, again, my favorite band, Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. It's from their song called I Don't Want to Pray. It's like, um, I don't want to pray to my maker. And it kind of leads and like, talks about a bunch of other stuff. But it, it, it kind of leads you into saying, like, I don't want to be the prayer, but the prayer. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be the person praying. I want to be prayed about. And it's like, I mean, it sounds really egotistical when you say it like that. But it's it kind of the thing that it's like, I want to do so much good and it, for for my people i want to do so much good mm-hmm. for the people and the communities that that have let me be in the position that i'm in that let, that have given given me the tools to to advocate for them and give back to them and just kind of i want to be in a position where like people can look to me people can look to me and depend on me to help them through things and that's kind of like where i see it coming like that's my perspective on it and yeah i don't want to be the prayer but the prayer Thank That's you guys. Awesome. That right. was beautiful. Thank you guys. Thanks. <laughs> All right. We'll see you on the next one. All right. Definitely. Toodaloo. Bye. Bye.